No, auto gain is off. Okay. But I had to turn all, up the gain because I used this device to record um, our last concert. That we played last Saturday in a small town where I already forgot the name of the town and it really doesn't matter because nobody knows where it is. It's one of the south of Baden. You, 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 you have to get better at promoting your shows and I think by starting e with saying... I don't even remember the town that we played in. You're kind of already shooting yourself in the foot. You, 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 what you should remember how in the Simpsons also, mm -hmm. I just got off a plane. I just got off a plane and I think I'm going to be worse than the Paul Enner podcast one i already can just tell you that i'm just gonna i'm just gonna come right out and say that this is gonna be even more comedic but it's worth it because if you stay all the way to the end of the podcast there will be a special surprise i i will before the end of the podcast we will come up with some reason for me to wear a suit on the last day of the 35 c3 to just refresh that memory i don't like the theme refreshing memories like like i i, I mean Like, I know, I know where they were coming from with it. And I think, in light of all the things, I, I, it, was, it was a good choice. I just don't like it. I have no opinion whatsoever. Is, this, is, never that, because, is that because you're not allowed to have an opinion? Because no. if you come out and say that you have an opinion, you will suffer for it somehow? No, I think I'm going to have some opinions that are not in this podcast that are not... I will see about it. But right. uh, I, I never understood the importance of the theme of the Congress. Um, so I, I never really thought about it. To me, it doesn't matter. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, if it doesn't matter to you, it doesn't matter to you, and that's fine. I think it, for there's a lot of people that it really just does not matter. Also, don't forget, I have to catch a train to Hanover. Mm -hmm. Um Which means we shouldn't talk too much about the Congress. Oh, we can talk about. I mean, I think the top. I think the draft that we came up with, yeah. chatting on Signal, as I walked from northern Germany to southern Germany, coming from Terminal One of Frankfurt Airport <laughs> all the way out. No, from Terminal Two of Frankfurt Airport out here to the Squire. It's it's still not as bad as Charles de Gaulle, but it's still a long walk when you want to take jet lag. And that was the weird thing is that this was, I think. This was one of the first times where when I went through immigration, the guy said not one word to me. He just looked at my passport. He looked at me. And this is the first time I've flown without a suit, so I'm a little bit nervous. Oh. Just flips. And he kept flip, 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 stamp. Then I get to baggage retrieval And that's when it's just like, that's when it's just over. It's like they had my number. I don't know what it was. They just honed in on me. Like, they honed in on me before I had my bags. They were just like, you. I was like, what? <sighs> But I'm out. I made it. The flight got in insanely early. So, of course, anytime you get into Frankfurt insanely early on Delta, on an international flight, you're going to the Mobile Jet Bridge. And that's where they bring up the staircase that drips on yeah, you when it's raining yeah, and yeah. then you you get in the bus and the bus takes you to a thing yeah. and then you walk up the thing and then yeah. you walk forever and anyway so well, i was i was going to say we were going to start the podcast somehow 
I think we should do the official. Ed- Hi. Hi. I'm I'm Nick Farr. I'm Florian. Car hardwarer. <laughs> international traveler. Starbucks coffee sipper went in the Frankfurt airport. 35C3 Congress ticket holder. Laptop user. Android user. Who's here with my friend? Florian. Should I... I'm, I'm postig, post, post, who knows? Who's... Who, and, and we record a now biennial podcast in the Frankfurt airport. Well, it's the second episode in the Frankfurt airport. Yeah. So and, this and, year. Yeah. Yep. That's good. And I, I, actually, that's because the last so, and, one was what, the last one was September, and now we're, we're doing yeah. another one. And what are we talking about? We talk about Mexico, of, of course. I, I think <laughs> I think as of the last released episode, no, the second to last released episode, we we kind of diverted from talking about Mexican food into talking about international air cargo shipping. Yeah. And then, Which we were experts and then in. had actually had to. Well, yep. you're an expert in. I'm not an expert in that. I'm not an expert in anything. I am a master of none. I can't. I can't even alley back. I got to work on my alley backing. That's that's the thing that's stopping me in trucking is that I'm just not good at the alley. But the 90 degree alley, alley backing. Okay, I can I offset, yeah. offsets. I'm fine at. Yeah. Straight line. I'm fine at. Yeah. Driving the 10 speed. I'm fine. I, 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 sometimes, sometimes I take a turn in seventh, and the instructors really don't like it when you take a turn in seventh. And that's the thing. Depending on the that, the funny thing about ten speed manual transmission trucks is that you can take off in third. That's not even a problem. The reason that you have first and second is for like really precise maneuvering. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You can take off in third. That's not yeah. a problem. Yeah. You can do like a turn in fifth and not even be like, you know, stretching the limits. Seventh. Seventh takes a little bit of revving to get. Like sometimes you have to downshift out of seventh and in fifth yeah. when you're finishing the turn that you started in seventh. But So I had never heard the term alley backing before. Right. But because I'm an expert in, right. in, chip, yeah, yeah. in mm-hmm. shipping. Is now, alley backing even a thing in Germany? Because you don't have very many tractor trailer setups oh, here. Oh, 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 um, What? We're not? Yeah, well... It's mostly sure flatbeds, I think. Flat... Instead of the vehicle being in two parts that articulate on, yeah. along an axis, yeah. it's just one straight vehicle. No. So there's a truck that right. just the moving the, the, the with the moto... Right. What a, the auto, and then the power, along, u- the, the power unit, the power unit, and then and then, and then the, the trailer, the trailer. So that is that is a thing, but it's not as predominant. If no, you, it is okay. Where I work, okay. When I okay, sit right, outside, when I sip my coffee or have my cigarette, okay. Um, I watch truckers do exactly that, alley backing. Oh yeah, and they some they some are bad, but most of them are amazing because they have. To the cargo city south, so that is that is where most of um, air freight cargo handling uh, happens at the airport. So we're an air freight pod- podcast now. We're, we're, we we okay, are okay, officially right, an right, air freight podcast. We have ditched Mexican food. Yes. Now we're talking about yes. So um, this this area where all the cargo handling happens, somehow it doesn't look like it was built to do that because there are large. Uh, um, Buildings with 
course, uh, spots where you can put your uh, your truck, your backup, your alley back the trailer, the back back the trailer um, to that building, and then there's a, a door there, a gate. But there's just no room anywhere. There's very little, very little space. It's not like there's a normal road, and then you have to alley back. Uh, That's a normal loading dock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now okay, it's okay. also but, in Europe. So, but and then also, I have seen guys. There was one gate was uh, so there were three gates. The outer gates were uh, blocked by other trucks, and he alley backed right into that middle slot. It was amazing. It's just if you do it and in one turn. Uh, amazing. So you can, you know, could join me at my work and then watch how it's done. Well, how long are the trailers? The regular European size, which uh, is, I, I don't know. I think, I think. Well, I'm, there's I'm a not, maximum. I'm not even going to say. There, it. I'm not even going to say. It. Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. smaller. Uh, it's, it's less than in the U.S. Yeah, certainly. I think. I think it's probably standard container length. It should be like forty. Um, yeah, the 40 large, feet. the large container. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there's that. Nice, very nice. I think I think I should award a special prize to the first person that toots at us what the size of a standard forty foot container is in meters yes. to the centimeter. Yes, and also the maximum length of that tr uh, truck go, truck yeah. setup. Um, that's because there is a number, yeah. and that's why European trucks look different yeah. than uh, American trucks. So we were going to start the podcast somehow, and I forgot how. <sighs> aside from like the intro, that we're very clearly ripping off from the dollop. But uh, have you listened to the latest dollop episode? Which one? The, the uh, Piedras Negras trail break? No, no, I listened to one before <laughs> that. Is that one okay? That was it's good. Amazing. All right. The one before that about the water. Yeah, that oh, one was four. just I. I, I well, the weird thing. What the weird thing was is that I was actually, and this is new since we last talked. Saturdays, which is why my car hearts were are a little bit dirty, is because on Saturdays I do volunteer at Blanford Nature Center, and I was listening to that podcast while loading and moving logs because they they chopped a bunch of dead trees out in the West Meadow, yeah. and the West Meadow is maybe three quarters of a kilometer away from the main part of the uh, the nature center where the sugar house is. And the sugar house is where they boil down maple water, sort of the sap that runs out of the trees and burn it down and make it into maple syrup. The old way, which of course involves firewoods and cauldrons and all this other stuff. So they chop down the dead trees and I'm preparing the firewood and moving the firewood to the, to the sugar house where it can be split into logs. We've got, we have a log splitter. But um, I was listening to that podcast then, and I was like, wow. I'm like, wow. And it's actually amazing hearing the naturalists talk about how global warming is actually affecting the nature center, how you can see it in the chain. Because there are people who have been working there for 20 years. Yeah. And they can say there are just certain species of, of flora that are blooming incredibly early or not at all. Yeah. So and we're talking about uh, episode 356 of The Dollar with the title The Resnick's Water Monsters. Yeah, that's so. Uh, 
that was that was depressing. If but it's, want, but yeah. it's 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 completely accurate. It's actually okay. Anyway, we should probably <laughs> you should probably introduce the draft idea yeah, that I came up with. You, should I? Call me, yeah, because you, you introduced it because you actually prepared. You actually well, have well, notes. Well, you because you didn't have to walk all this way from Terminal Two. I have two. notes because I figured that you are thinking about this question more often than I am. Um, although maybe I'm wrong. And uh, also, well, yes, the, you're the happily f- married. Yeah, yeah. I live with my parents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so first time I read your proposal, I read. So the the five the draft the draft yeah, the draft the, the draft, draft yeah. sorry uh, so uh, five uh, ways civilization will end basically that's what I read I said But, Western civilization yes yes because I realized that. it doesn't matter if 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 Western civilization comes to it and and I I this is perhaps not fair. But so I, the top five ways I predict Western civilization will end. Okay, okay. you didn't include. A, okay, I, I so at least I have one of those that I didn't include. Um, I, I exempt Mexico from this for several reasons. Mexico. I mean, Mexico is technically a part of Western civilization. Yes. Mexico City will go on no matter what happens to the rest of the world. <laughs> I think we've we've we have very throughout the course of which episode number is this? Uh, have, 21. Yeah, so we we I think we have very effectively documented in previous episodes of this podcast that Mexico will survive regardless. But I think the US once you cut off certain supply lines from the US it's it's done. And here's the thing, every awful thing that happens in the US in, in after the World War, after the Second World War, yeah. all of the sort of you know bad, you know major crises happened in other countries before that. Mm-hmm. So the housing crisis in the U.S. You could there are incredible direct parallels between that and the irrational exuberance in the real estate market in Japan, okay, and poor lending practices that fueled it in banks that led directly to their lost decade. That same thing happened in the U.S. And the economists who were running the Fed at the time knew that and did everything they could to, to buffer the U.S. against the damage. Now with Brexit, we're seeing what's happening in the U.K. when a colonialist... Pa- and that's the thing. Britain cannot sustain itself. I think that's the only one, right? Yeah. You were scanning for other ones? No, no, no. So with Brexit, Britain cannot sustain itself. It is an island. Yes. Now, the U.S. Is, has enough land, theoretically, to sustain itself, but I think... A lot of the and just like the lost decade in the real estate crisis in Japan. Is this already your first pick? No, or we're just I'm, I'm, this. I'm just okay. I'm prefacing this by saying that all, all of the bad things that happened in the U.S. happened somewhere else in the world about a decade, five to ten years before they happened in the U.S. and and I think Britain is hard Brexit could end the United Kingdom. Whereas you just see people, you just see rich people getting out mm-hmm. or, and, and then just it going to total chaos. 
Now, I don't think the European Union will let that happen. They'll kind of, they'll, they'll say, all right, well, yeah, no, we just don't ship anything to you anymore. And then they'll wait for it to get bad, and they'll come to the rescue. Mm-hmm. That is if there isn't another reference. I mean, this is, this is my uh, prediction. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, actually, I would love it if the EU, as a condition of reentry, says, y'all got to give up the pound. <laughs> that I would just be like, wow. And in another weird prediction that I had was the queen, the queen, for the first time in her reign, comes out and says in the second referendum, you vote for this for peace. Because complete integration with Europe ensures that a yes. horror like World War One or World War Two yes. will not happen again. And that the forces of nationalism within the UK are driving Britain directly to a kind of conflict like we saw in the Second World War, which should never happen again. That's that's the gen- the genesis of the European yes. Union. Yes. It's not about trade. It's not about regulations. No. It's about preventing another world war at its heart. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, stupid American talking. What the fuck do you no. know? No, no, no. Anyway. That that is the thing. I mean, but then again, I'm. Oh, it's, it's coming back, but that's good. One thing I like about this place or in my work is there, my colleagues do actual work. <laughs> They do physical labor, and it's not that I, there's stuff happening. They do stuff that others could not and that I could not, and I'm kind of, I, I like that part of, of, of the work. And I try to support them with some piece of software. That's all I can do. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can also bike on your sweet bike. Oh, your yeah. Your sweet I have folding a, bike. My sweet folding bike from the UK. It's made in London. And I don't think that company is happy about anything about Brexit. I don't think anybody who's no. running a successful enterprise no. in the in is, is happy about it. Anyway. Yeah. You know, but where was I going? And so anyway, you, I think... You were leading up to your first pick. I think that's... Oh, my first pick? I was leading up to that? I still I am I trying no to figure idea. out. I'm no still idea. trying to figure out how I wanted to start the podcast. I mentioned this to you before, right before you started recording, and then I immediately forgot what I said. All right, okay. So my my first pick how? for how my my yeah. first my screwball pick because I think we go from like least likely to most likely. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Or, okay, or okay. I mean, I don't know how do how do we? Well, I, mean, we'll I know see. a normal we'll see. draft we'll is see. like we'll normal draft is like pick your top player and then okay. you know pick yeah. a reject, but. So my my reject pick is we're doing this in reverse order. I saw a very interesting documentary on the plane about the Price is Right, and about this guy who obsessively memorized the prices of all of the objects on the Price is Right. Vladimir Putin. Yes. Dying. I think that if Vladimir Putin dies. Because everything in this, like he's he's running, he's running Russia in a very Stalinistic way, and he doesn't. I I mean I I'm not very deeply acquainted with how he runs his government, but I think that once he dies, that will trigger a crisis that the rest of the world will not know how to handle. 
and we don't have anybody in leader. The only person that I think could, who, the only world leader that I think could successfully navigate that has basically told Germany, it's time for you to grow up and move out of the house. I'm out of here. I want to retire. <laughs> Mom is not happy <laughs> with the state of politics in Germany. Mom has had enough of your shit. And she's going to be gone. Nobody else. There is no other world leader that I... I mean, and I, I'm not an expert at this. I'm just saying that I don't know of another world leader that could navigate that crisis. And, of course, that triggers all of the big pain points and flashpoints in the world. Because once, once Vladimir Putin's out of the way... Then, you know, all the serious stuff, the Yemen stuff, any place Iran is a client state, China take, trying to take advantage of the power vacuum, and then whatever the heck the United States is doing, because, you know, our, we are asleep at the wheel. Yeah. We are a trucker that has fallen asleep at the wheel, and the, and the, the truck is, 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 bar is barreling down, fully loaded, top gross weight, down the freeway at 120 kilometers an hour, and the driver is asleep at the wheel. And it's only through road design and luck that it hasn't crashed into the support column of an overpass of a rail line hauling chemical waste. So that's that's my that's my screwball pick. I thought you know what my last Good. picks were on my list. If, I know, I know, I, I, I saw them, that. Yeah, the uh, only the only was... thing you didn't have was solar flares, which is so my second flares. pick. <laughs> So I, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to start with alien attack. But you just but, but, did. But, okay, then, but let's see if we can... Lump, lump all your screwball seconds, because I think we're yeah. just going to go for five. I mean, I don't know yeah, what... Yeah, 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 okay. I got I mean, I got to okay, make sure my, my, I my I, If I miss this yeah. train, Anna's going to be so pissed. She's going to be so fine, pissed. Right? I think so. You're fine for that one, definitely. Yeah. And, and I, you can take the one before that. I think the one before that involves a change somewhere, and I'm yeah. So I got I got an hour. I mean, I, I got an hour thirty yeah. minutes. Like I was not expecting that, but um, all right. But, but you okay. but you've, yeah. I'm gonna screw with all this. So aliens attack, and then the world ends. Uh, meteor strikes, the world ends. Yeah, that's that. I didn't. Then I had to stop thinking. But that's just to get that out of the way because we do it in reverse order. Okay, that, that's that's cool. That's that's, yeah. You see, there's there's a couple ones that only get there an hour earlier, and they involve a change. So I'm gonna avoid. I'm gonna try to avoid that. Because <sighs> remember, on the train, I have to finish the show notes for you do the for which for the episode that we recorded in July. <laughs> so actually, the last released episode as of the recording of this podcast was the one we did in September. Yes, the one that we did before that. I haven't finished the show. Now, granted, it took you a long time it to edit me it. A long time. So you can't give me that much grief about the show notes. I I'm not. Okay, I'm not. So, okay. I so your your alien attack <laughs> meteor. What else? Yeah. What? Well, so, so you're lumping the salt. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. So so that, my yours, my second yeah. pick. Because I have some good ones left. Here's, here's I, the thing. I, 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 a, I mean, a, a bad solar flare. And this sort of happened in Montreal once. I mean, in the area around Montreal once. A bad solar flare 
that knocks out the electric or sufficiently knocks out the electrical grid somewhere in the northern hemisphere could trigger there i mean just just triggering a collapse in supply in mm-hmm. supply chain management mm-hmm. you trigger a collapse of a data center you trigger all of these different things or simply planes not knowing where to land or how to land ships not knowing where to dock nobody to unload the ships nobody to load the ships to bring products back the the global economy is much more tightly integrated than it's ever has been yes and a solar flare nuking a large part of this could end the world in the fact that it triggers a series of catastrophic supply chain collapses mm-hmm. and and here and that's the thing say that you know okay the refinery that makes the precursors to the plastic that wraps the muffins means we don't get muffins anymore it means maybe we don't get bottled water maybe it means you don't have baked bread that one simple little thing like screwing up plastics messes up everybody else in the supply chain because the the these gigantic bakeries literally do not know how to pack twinkies in paper bags that's something that would take them at least 3 or 4 weeks to figure out if they're doing it in a hurry so that that's why I mean solar flares would be my way now of course mexico doesn't matter <laughs> It does not matter. They will get by. They will figure out a way. They will be like, they will find, I'm, I am, I'm almost positive that someone somewhere, some dude has probably a strategic reserve of plastic bags. There is the Mexican strategic reserve of plastic bags. And that's it. So yeah, that's, that's my, all right. Now, now, now back to you. Okay. Now I'm going to go with some serious picks and, uh, mine was a serious yes, pick. Yes, it, it was. It was. No, no. I'm, I'm going back. All I'm right. going okay. away from the alien all right. attack. All right. Okay. Uh, and that is, and, and all of these will have the same ta- theme, I guess. Right. Uh, and that is one of my, f- yeah. So the Chinese, basically, The end will be the Chinese take over the world. And what they're doing is, from what I understand, they're investing everywhere. They somehow have the money to go in every poor country, including European countries like Greece, buying up infrastructure, buying up companies, and uh, providing aid, providing foreign aid, mm-hmm. and gaining influence all over the world without anybody talking about this here. And at one point, everybody's going to deal with it at Chinese. Nobody's going to care about Europe anymore. Uh, European economy will collapse. And then without the European economy, also all the social I contracts was, was, and social uh, security welfare systems uh, will collapse. And that's that. I was with you on Belton Road up until you said that the European economy would collapse. Why are we speaking in English right now? Because my Spanish is rusty? Uh, okay. <laughs> yes, that is true. But why are we speaking in English right now? It's the lingua franca of today. And why is that? Because the U.S. Um, was the big winner in World War One, Because all the economic power shifted from Europe to the U.S. 
in those few years. And, and then the U.S. also was able to, the U.S. had a very, had a relative, not a very, very relatively efficient wartime economy that was not disrupted at all. Yes. The, the, the yeah. disruption in the American economy is yeah. shifting from civilian to wartime and then back to civilian. Yeah. The disruption of the economy in Europe was, oh, our cities have been leveled to the ground. When we talk about World War II, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why we speak, I mean, yeah. We speak English because of that dominance yes. of because yeah. of America's yeah. industrial might dominance in the Second yeah. World War. Yeah, which and, started and, a few and, decades earlier. Right, yeah. and so oh, that was the groundwork. Right. Uh, yeah. So and and then my pick is China will uh, follow the United States. I don't. As this fast, is the only uh, one I'm going to push one. back again. I don't see this as a world-ending scenario. Mm-hmm. China probably has more. Now, here's okay, the qu- this is very European centric, right? Course, but the uh, this European society as it works now, that's one of the dangers. But I may be wrong. This is only my second pick. The thing about Europe, one, Europe is a very important customer of China's. China doesn't want to interrupt that. I mean, of course, they obviously want to be more tightly integrated. They want to be deeper into the economy, own more, become the predominant owner of a lot more enterprises within. The Japanese also did this in the 80s and 90s, and they ended up losing a ton of money. I think the Chinese are, are doing it in a much more intelligent way. And really, if they can displace and become a credible competitor to the U.S.'s dominant position as it is, and that's the thing, the U.S. does have a fairly dominant position, Mm -hmm. and I think in in economic terms, I don't see this as a world-ending scenario. I actually see this as a a positive sign. Mm -hmm. If China is fully invested in making sure the world continues to function, and here's, here's the other thing that nobody really wants to admit, at least in the U.S., is that all of the IP theft that China is doing, all of the hacking stuff, all of that other stuff, the stuff the U.S. has been doing <laughs> since the Second World War. There is nothing new about that. Yeah. Maybe it's a, maybe the theft is a little more brazen, and it's it's much more actionable. You know, I mean, how many how many U.S. soldiers got rich? Because they literally ripped off an idea from a German engineer <laughs> who was starving. A lot of them. I know one. I know one that he made his fortune. He was he was an officer in intelligence during the Second World War. And he made his fortune on going around Germany and finding good ideas that he then made happen in the U.S., and that's how he Smart. became a very rich man. Now, I, I'm sure that the, the Ger- that you know the Germans ended up getting their cut in the end somehow, eventually. But uh, I, I think that, and yes, there is a threat. I mean, the model, the Chinese model for how they organize their society with one-party rule and with a very tight control of the population, that would probably make you know the '60s era Stasi jealous 
yes. of the ability that they're able to. And that, that's the thing that the Stasi got wrong, I think, was that they made everybody fear like they were being observed. Mm-hmm. If they had flipped it and made it so that incentives go to the people, and, and I mean, this, this, this net effect was achieved, but instead of making everybody afraid of the government, made them afraid of not being seen as a good person by their peers, mm-hmm. made, you know, did something like the, you know, what's your East German citizen score? You know, oh, and, and just sort of dinging people for not being, you know, the good blah, 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 whatever. Um, or saying, oh, hey, if you can keep a citizen score of 99, we'll let you get a visa, an exit visa to wherever you want because we know you're coming back. Um, I, I spoke. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Your next pick. Or is it no, my no, next no, no. pick? It's, it's your, my next pick. Yeah, yeah. Right. I can't pick all of Okay. I'm not going to take... I think your number one is something I want to yeah. talk about. Yeah. And this is the first time that I've actually... That I'm looking at your draft... And I can barely see it. And I'm making up mine as I go along. Oh, okay. Nuclear war. Oh, wait, that's that's no, actually no, your no, number no. five. Yeah, yeah. I'm I didn't see that. I'm not going to get to that. Okay, then I'll, I'll take can, it. I'll, take I'm taking, yes, I'm taking yes, nuclear yes. war. And the only thing I'm going to say about that is that Mexico City will survive <laughs> nuclear war. I mean, I'm... I here. Here's the... It, Okay, do you think that at the Congress I will be able to get away with telling people if they start going on their American bashing shtick, I'm not an American, I'm Chilean. I'm Chilean, all right? Mm, they're not going to let me get away with that. No, 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 they're not, unfortunately. And your mother isn't black. Wow, that was a deep cut. That, that's how I wanted to start the podcast, <laughs> is that my mom says hi. That, there it is, we came back to it. My mom says hi. My mom says hi. She's because I because I, of course this most of my life these days is basically taking care of my mom. Pretty much all of my life is in some way, except doing this. Like I'm worried about my mom. My mom's worried about me. There's no reason. Okay, there's reasons, but I mean it, this is one of the of all of the places in the world that I could go. It's probably one of the safest. Germany. I mean, the Congress. Not, the Congress, I mean, I mean, yeah. No, Germany, uh, well, who knows? Probably, but it's not Serbia. No. I'm not sure if it's safer than Serbia or not. I never felt unsafe in Serbia. I miss Serbia. kind of want to go to Serbia. If, if you need... Okay, I'm not going to... I'm, I'm starting to babble nonsense. Mexico City will survive a nuclear war. We've talked about this before. I stole one of your draft picks. Now it's, it's, it's back to you. I'm talking too much. i got to sip my coffee. You, you started with Russia, and yeah. then uh, I'm going to continue with Russia, and I'm not uh, say. I'll but pick. can you do that? No, no, wait, wait, wait. Okay, you said right. Putin dies. Oh, right, I say yeah. Putin succeeds in what he's doing uh, right now, and that is subverting Western uh, civilization by uh, creating a worldwide net of autocrats um, that slowly but surely um, destroy all the, our nice democratic societies. 
as it's uh, happening in the US right now, as it's happening in some uh, countries of uh, Europe uh, already. Uh, say, uh, Are we talking about Hungary? We're talking about Hungary, of course, uh, Turkey. Uh, I don't know what Russia's doing in Poland, because the Polish don't like the Russians, usually. So I don't know if he's involved in there. But um, Putin's happy about every step that Western countries take in the direction of authoritarianism. No, how do you say that? Authority. Yeah, authoritarianism. Yes. And that will eventually lead to my number two pick. Um, yeah. We're talking about Western civilization as we know it. You know, one of the re you know, when I finally just because you know we've talked about this a little bit. I don't have a good feeling about the thirty-five C three, and I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. It might be because, in some ways. In alluding to the episode that has not yet been released, like, the internet was a mistake. I, I, the only reason that I, the big reason, <clears throat> eventually the reason became it's an ego trip for me, and I'm, I freely admit that. I'm a diva, it's an ego trip. And, I mean, I, I actually I remember this, I was getting in an argument with somebody in Serbia, and somebody's like, well, you're just a diva. And I'm like, yeah? As if, as if I was saying, like, you, your, your shirt is blue, you have a beard. You're wearing glasses. They are black-rimmed. I am a diva. These are all facts. These are all incontrovertible facts that are very plainly obvious to anybody who's paying attention. I think a lot of... I guess it's. I guess this is an. In, this is considered an insult in Germany if you're, somebody thinks you're a diva. Maybe it is, but I am one. I. I. This is. I. I this. This is very well known, but. Um, I'm not going to focus on why I'm anxious about the 35C3. And there's a lot of cool stuff going on in the post office. But there has been a little bit of drama behind the scenes. And that's, that's the thing that just sort of, that was the, that's, that's when, you know, the very sharp knife plunged itself. In. And I, w I was sad. And that's the thing is I totally understood it. And a lot of it was my fault. Um, not, not in the way that I am directly responsible for it. But I created the conditions. Well, no, actually, there was one thing I was directly responsible for. I was, I was really excited about a thing, and I tweeted it because the other things that other people had been working very hard on did not get tweeted out because we didn't know if we had permission to do it and <clears throat> lack of communication. So I have so the, no idea what you're talking about, but keep going. Yeah, and, and then I wonder if you're gonna the, comment the point, on my. The Putin. point that I was okay. get the point that I was getting back at was, I am going to comment on that, yeah. and I think I'm actually a split of two minds there because I, I have a very U.S. American. I'm saying that a lot more often now. U.S. American. Um, I like that. I think when I actually decided to go, mm -hmm. when I was like, I'm in now. I already had my ticket. I already had... Oh, and here's another thing. No, I thought this was fairly well known because I've done it every year that I've been here, except for the year that they brought me over, except for I think that was the 30... Is that the 32? What was the last one? In, okay, the last one in Hamburg was 33. Yeah, I sat out 31 and 32. So 33 was when they brought me over. 34 was the first one in Leipzig, and we're going to the 35th. 
one of the things I always used to do was if somebody that I knew was about to get kicked out because they hadn't bought a ticket mm-hmm. or, you know, they had snuck in or somebody came to build up and was going to leave on day zero. And I'm sure there are lots of people that's happened to that I never knew about. But of the people that I knew and that worked directly with me, who I knew about this, I would just take care of their ticket. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that's, that's another thing is sometimes I have friends that, <clears throat> especially in the U.S., are like, look, I don't know anybody in Germany. I thought I was going to go. I can't go. Will you just buy my ticket? Boom, sure, done. Send you dollars, boom, buy your tickets, done. And, I, and to this day, I, ne- I didn't buy tickets. No, actually, I did buy tickets for 31 and 32 because there were people who were hard up and needed to sell them. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll and f- found a way to get rid of them. And, of course, selling actually, usually at a loss. I, I really need to get better about selling <laughs> yeah. them at the face value of them. Yeah. But, um, but what I would do, well, one of my traditions was to make sure that those people had a ticket. Yeah. There were times in Berlin when we weren't sold out where somebody was getting kicked out. I'd go outside and be like, dude, come on back in. And I'd just boom, buy their ticket. And then, of course, and then there's the whole German thing about, you know, people don't want to accept it because they don't want to be in your debt. And then me having to explain to them that, no, this is that the Congress is in your debt, but I feel responsible for paying back that debt because of the work that you did or because of the things you did for the sea base or because of the blah, 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 blah. And then they got cool with it because instead of it being they're now indebted to me, I'm saying, no, I'm paying the debt of the Congress yeah. owed to you. And then we're even and then they get to enjoy the Congress yeah. and you don't think about it again. Mm-hmm. And nobody knew this. Like, I thought, I thought this was, I thought this was like part of my legend or whatever, but people didn't know that. And I was no. like, because no. somebody was like, oh, and here's another thing. My buddy Rodrigo Ibarra, who I'm tweeting about, and I'm on a daily <laughs> campaign that. to get, I'm on a daily campaign. I'm going to be tweeting him every single day until somebody gives him an interview. Oh, I, th- actually, I'm going to bring this one to you. I have an ethical quandary. <laughs> I was about to do this, <clears throat> but then I thought, then something in the back of my mind was like, Germans are going to have a problem with this. So I'm bringing this to you. Is it not right to offer a free ticket to the Congress to anybody that can get Rodrigo, our, my buddy in, Mex- our buddy in Mexico, yeah. a job interview? Is that going to create problems for some people? That if you can get him an interview for remote work, yeah. and that's the thing, even if you're just like, hey, you know, interview this guy so that I can get a ticket. But I think that if he can get an interview, he can land a job because he's just that good. I think it's totally fine. I try to think of a way that people could frame that as not good, but no, it's fine. Okay. <clears throat> I'm not sure I'm going to do it yet. I'm going to try a little <laughs> bit more of the tweeting. You know, maybe very last, because that's the thing is that the, the the ticket market, the, the Congress ticket market, yeah. has a very predictable ebb and flow. Okay. And right now, we're in a cycle of people, like, basically before the 25th. Yes. Basically, the 20th to the 25th, that's when people are starting to, everybody's too busy thinking about Christmas. So they're not thinking about buying. They're thinking about selling because they realize they yeah. can't go. Yeah. The 20th to the 25th is the prime buying ah, Congress tickets time. Okay. 
Once the 25th happens, the 25th to the 27th, everybody's looking for a ticket because they're like, I can go now. Oh, hey, I can go. So yeah. that's why um, that, that's the prime ticket buying time or trying to get prime selling. ticket selling time selling because time. everybody yes. because it's a yes. it's a seller's market as opposed yeah. to a buyer's market. Yeah. Um, and then pretty much once the 27th hits, you're, you're done. Like, that's it. Yeah. Nobody's buying yeah. tickets anymore. It's... Are there free refills? On, I, I don't know. You know, why, why don't we why don't we take a break? <laughs> yes, yes. Let's just take let's pause because we're at forty five minutes. We still have time. I'm not going to miss my train. So we're back. My mom says hi. By the way, thanks. Yep. Um, uh, one of my favorite little quips to explain Russian culture and the Russian atti attitude to things. So in the space program, the U.S. spent an incredible amount of money creating a pen that would work in space. <laughs> yeah, you know, you I know, know the story. Yes. You know the story. Okay. I mean, they, they, you know, they beta test a whole bunch of different things and they were, they, They got and they got it just right, and then of course afterwards it became a novelty item. Oh, space pen! Woo! The Russians just use a pencil. Now it, it's not a great analogy because pencils break, and then they create projectiles and graphite. It's it's bad. So it was not. It got the job done and created some other risks. All the Russians are doing. Now, of course, yes, does Vladimir Putin want to punch way above his weight? One of the things my dad likes to say is that the GDP of Russia is equivalent to Italy. It's not, I mean, in terms of, and, and most when we measure the power, the relative power of countries in the world, the way we do it now is through economic strength. Russia doesn't have aggregate economic strength they have a lot of resource strength but it's under it's it, it's it's inefficient relatively underutilized they could be doing a lot more with it and they the, but what the russians are exceptionally good at in ge in geopolitical terms is pushing exactly on the pressure points that already exist mm -hmm. in other nations and To reduce it, to, to go full-on Occam, the Russians are exploiting the problems created by neoliberal politics. Mm -hmm. That's it. Where, wherever you go, I mean, outside of straight military influence, like Syria, Iran, yep. client state, Yemen, those sorts of things, mm -hmm. we're, when we're talking about stuff like things that they're doing on the internet, They're exploiting people's built-in incentives to do things. Why did YouTube become such a radicalization engine for people? Because it helped them sell more ads. Mm -hmm. It helped them attract more eyeballs. And I think a lot, a lot of these things would have happened anyway. That anytime you have people that feel like they are getting the short end of the stick... <clears throat> They're exploitable. You can look at tons of examples in history. 
At no point was there a majority vote in Germany saying, yes, let's let Hitler take over everything. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the analogies between how Trump got elected and how Hitler rose to power are, are incredibly similar. They were able to get a very small minority of people motivated towards a goal while everybody else was not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And they did it. I mean, and of course, this is, I'm reducing a very complicated <laughs> history uh, of things. And of course, yes, there are just as many differences as there are similarities. But if you're looking at the trend lines, the similarities are there. And I think that's, that's really all the Russians are doing because Russia has no vested interest in seeing other countries succeed. That's different from China. China being the United States' largest foreign creditor and biggest customer. They want the U.S. to succeed. They don't want instability in the United States. They want the U.S. to be stable, to be a a growing economy, and to continue to be a very good customer of China's products. There is no such relationship that Russia has with Mm -hmm. the rest of the world. Mm And because, and that's the thing, Vladimir Putin is at heart a spy. He wants to manipulate people and mess things up for influence. This is the same game that the U.S. was playing during the Cold War. All of the stuff that happens in other countries, we did that too. They just know how to do it a little bit better with a <laughs> lot fewer resources. That, that's, and I... Is that a world? Of course, yes. Definitely a world-ended scenario. And they would love that because in a lot of ways, Russia will kind of continue to being incredibly isolated from the global economy. They'll continue to plot along if everything in the rest of the world falls to... And they're also very geographically isolated. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the U.S.'s greatest strengths is that it's very geographically isolated. Yep. It complete. There is no other country on Earth that completely dominates... two of their trading partners that are also part of the world's 20th largest, 20 largest economies. I mean, mean? It, I mean, the U.S. totally dominates Canada and Mexico. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and, I mean, you, you know, I don't know of another... And, of course, China, of course, dominates all of its neighbors, but China, the, the, the equivalent would be if China had the same kind of dominance over India, which it does not. It's trying to get there, but it does not have that. Mm-hmm. China doesn't have a dominance over Japan. And Japan and China are very large trading partners too. But they're much more they're much more bilateral. There's nothing bilateral about the US's relationship with Canada or Mexico. It's 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 a one-way dominance. And that and we have very I mean the longest land border in the world is between the United States and Canada. Mm-hmm. Mexico and the US is also very large and it's you know, what, what's the classic line? The U.S. is, uh, you know, Mexico, so far from God, so close to the United States. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, confirm my pick as a valid scenario. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Definitely more so than aliens or... Uh, Meteor. And, and there's the other, one, the other one that I had a big problem with was... Uh, China. Yeah, I think the Belt and Road Initiative is that was they're, they're do, that's the thing. 
the design of the Belt and Road Initiative. Okay, can you explain what the Belt and Road Initiative is? That that's exactly what you were talking about. China developing infrastructure and trying oh. to own and control infrastructure throughout the rest of the world, mm -hmm. and that 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 approach, their approach to that, is learning all of the is based in a lot of the failures of what the World Bank was trying to do, a lot of the failures of this, again, very neoliberal approach to global development, where we send in a bunch of other places, we send in companies to build stuff in other countries, make them incredibly indebted for it, and then, and then, which in turn sabotages the natural growth that otherwise would have happened in their economies. All right. Your next pick. Oh, how many have we? I don't know. I have two, two left. All right, I. Okay, the last one, the very last one, which is your number one, I think, is both of ours. We both okay. have that. Okay. Climate change. Climate change should probably be both of our number ones, but that's. Here, here's the thing. In the world, the world is a very fragile place. The, glo the global economy is a very fragile thing. There are, just like, just like your former boss, there are people like him. My former boss? Didn't you say your boss quit? Or he's leaving soon? Oh, my, my yes, my, my team lead, yes. Right, or my your team slash lead, right. boss, yes, okay. Right. There are people who are very good at making sure things work against all odds. Yeah. And those people, the people who work around them know that that's what they do. Yes. Nobody else does. Their boss might, I mean, there's so many people that do so much and you don't realize how much they do until they leave and until you try to replace them. I, and they make it I look, would love to comment on that, but I can't. Because this stuff is still going on, and I'm not gonna. You spoke very yeah. highly of him, and I think we. Yes. And that. Uh, you're those completely right. Yes. Those are the people that are holding this very yes. fragile house of cards mm -hmm. together. So I think that all of our disaster scenarios are that we've mentioned so far are largely preventable mm -hmm. because of people like that. When we're starting to talk about climate change, that's something that we cannot prevent. And can we survive it? Probably. I mean, can, can things kind of plot along with that? Maybe. Possibly. I'm not betting on it. I mean, I... You know, whereas if, I mean, I'm an accountant. That's what I basically am. That's what I do. But as a, as a close number two, I would say, oh, yes, and I'm also a hacker. But I don't say that anymore. I don't describe myself that way. I don't consider myself to be a hacker because I think a decade ago, I thought hackers were part of the solution. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I think hackers have become much more part of the problem than part of the solution. And that Can you explain that a little bit? I, I'm not going to get no. into it. Okay. This, I, I just think that... Maybe later, okay. And so, I, I, you know, if I'm going to describe myself some, as anything else, I'm, I'm a farmer. 
Because you know what? To survive global warming, you need to know how to grow food, how to grow your own food. I think you need to, if, if you're going to keep up things between continents, you're going to need to know how to sail. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to know how to use, and that's the thing, sailing, sailing vessels require no energy. Mm-hmm. You can just, I mean, it's basically fabric and materials that you, that you forge together. I mean, not forging, but you know what I'm saying. You, yeah. you know, basically what I'm yeah. saying. And with that, you can travel, I mean, travel anywhere in the world. Because once we run out of fuel or once, the, once, once those supply lines ends, what are your options for getting to another place? Sailing. Sailing and walking. Well, you can't walk between Europe no, and... No, no. Yeah. Not... not it, it may be theory, but really, is if I'm going to no, go from I don't, I don't, just in general, yeah, I mean, that's. It. And actually, you're, you're seeing this trend a lot in super yachts. The okay. new, the really the the new designs in super yachts are gigantic sailing vessels now. They used to be gigantic diesel powered mm-hmm. vessels. Now they're gigantic sailing vessels. That's the new trend in super yachts, and there's a reason for that because. If everything else falls away... Now, of course, these are toys by people that have tons of jets and are big, huge contributors to, to climate change themselves. But, um, and I mean, I just like, literally just got off a transcontinental flight. Yes. I have no... Even though I take the bus to work in my Midwestern town... I know in Germany, oh, everybody takes the bus to work. But no, yeah. this, this is a thing in a small town in, in the U.S. I, I, did I tell you the joke? My favorite joke. And, and this is and that the funny thing is people from my hometown are like oh yeah like they laugh but they laugh because it's true so if you take the bus in and that's I get in arguments with my parents sometimes over whether or not I can take the bus my mom will say no it's too cold you have to drive you have to take my car I'm like no mom I can t- I've taken the bus before but then if she gets freaks out okay, okay, fine fine the argument that I lose means I have to drive the car to work and, and the amount that I pay for parking is for one day of parking. I can ride the bus for two weeks. You haven't told the joke yet. Okay, the joke is. So I'm setting it up. I'm setting up okay, the joke. Okay, okay, okay. So in the Midwest, if you take the bus, best case, people think you're poor. Middle case, people think you lost your license because of drunk driving. But worst of all is if they think you believe in climate change. That's a little slice of Trumplandia for you. Trumplandia. So, so yeah, climate change. So just the whole concept. Okay. So we can get more specific. Yeah, yeah because uh, well, I mean, it, because yeah. that that's the thing that's yeah. going to end the world as we as yeah. we know it, if none of these other things happen. Yeah. And we okay. know it's going to happen. So we don't know. F- okay, good. So I'm gonna get my next, and then we're gonna go. To we're gonna go to the shared one. one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 So um, uh, this this is all it's all the same theme, I think, for me. Uh, um, what's in right now? It looks a little bit better again, and maybe it will 
look worse next year. The rise of authoritarian governments in Europe is well. It's it's obvious. It's in Pol it's happening in Poland. It's happening in uh, Hungary. France was close. I mean, Marie Le Pen was in the election to become president. Um, Italy is the newest. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know about all of the European uh, um, countries, but that's happening everywhere somehow. And in it's right now it's a struggle, and there's no way to know what's going to happen if, if the liberal societies of as it is still in Germany uh, will succeed or if everywhere just those um, fascists get to power they talking about a, a Europe of nations whatever that's supposed to be, mean and but what, what's going to happen then when we have a, a continent full of single nations that only care about themselves It's what, uh, what's going to happen is the same thing that happened a hundred years ago uh, when uh, World War One broke out. Everybody needed to have their stake and just be there and be better than everybody else. And then they're going to fight again because they figure out that they can't work together when they really only care about themselves. Um, so that would be, yeah, turn back to yeah, the beginning of the 20th century situation that's gonna turn out bad yeah I think with the thing I have to add to that is that today's world leaders let me just put it to you this way um, the first George Bush Helmut Kohl Francois Mitterrand. Mm -hmm. All of these people saw world war. Yes. They saw the consequences mm -hmm. of world war. They saw the rebuilding a world war. They knew that was the consequence of not showing a leadership beyond their borders. This generation of leaders, the generation of leaders that's coming up, have only known a Europe at peace. Yep. They don't know a Europe at war. And that's and they're not even war veterans. I mean that's that I, that's it's very hard. I mean, how many there are how many German army war veterans are there now? I mean compared I mean compared to the US yeah. at least had the the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. So you yeah. have people who have seen the horrors of war and have lived the horrors of war for themselves. And I think it's very hard to exert the kind of leadership that we saw from a Helmut Kohl. And he took huge risks. Mm -hmm. Huge risks. And he was incredibly ambitious with what he did and incredibly skillful at pulling it off. That the thing that separates him from an Angela Merkel is that Merkel was never able to pull off the leadership to convince Germans that accepting refugees was the right thing to do. And, and 
and that's the thing. How many people who vote in Germany today have any kind of experience with being a war refugee? No one. Well, not no, no one. one. I mean, yeah, but, yeah, very, yeah. but but and that's the thing is you very, don't very have yes. the people who have that experience are not part of are not part of mainstream. Mm-hmm. They're not part of the zeitgeist. Are not. I mean, I'm not. I mean, they're part, of, but they're not drivers of the zeitgeist. Yep. That the driving force in the zeitgeist now is, oh, who's this Romanian who took my job? Right. That's that's what you you have. No, actually, who's that Romanian who took my colleague's job? Or well, right. That's but that's and and that, and you see, <laughs> and and there's nothing inherently wrong with watching out for your fellows. The problem is where you draw the line on who your fellows are. And war survivors, people who've lived through the horrors of war, with certain exceptions, well, pe- people, who have, people who have gone through the horrors of war as leaders and, as, and, have, a global, and have a global insight and become leaders... Have, the, have more of the perspective of seeing their fellows as all of man. Mm-hmm. All of man who is not directly my enemy. People who have never had that will stop at the first border in front of them. And so the first border in front of the average German of German ethnicity is going to be... Is, that's where they're, they're going to stop. They're, they stop at the... At the cultural border, not even the geographic border, but the cultural border, mm-hmm. and the and the one of the the redeeming that one of the redeeming qualities of America is that America is not patently an ethnicity. The dominant ethnicity in America is white, yep. and we have the legacy of slavery. Outside of that very sharp distinction. And up until recently, the average, I mean, America is a country of immigrants that we don't see, that those divisions are starting to become a little bit more stark. And of course, racism was always present, but nobody's going to question, or at least nobody used to question, someone from any ethnicity, spoke English, went to high school in America as, as an American. If you speak English with, a, with an American accent, as, as far as most Americans are concerned, you're an American and they don't really... There's nothing... If you were born in America, you are an American and that's... Mm-hmm. If you're a third-generation Turk born in Germany, yeah. how many Germans are going to look at that guy and say, yep, he's German? He has to prove his Germanness. Yes. And that's one thing that most of the rest of the countries of the world have working against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and so that was. I mean, I totally agree with your point. I'm I'm just adding to it. So our number one draft. I, I think climate change should, in retrospect, climate change should have been our number one draft pick. But our shared number one draft pick, because it is so close to my heart. I don't know how close it is your heart is. Water, the, how, the water. Now, water is a good thing. 
So basically, this is this is pretty much bottled or tap. Ta yeah, <laughs> right. Bottled. Um, water is part of climate change. The, the question of water. Uh, when there's no water, people are gonna fight for it, and so this is part of climate change. So why climate change will hit? Uh, other parts of the world more than it hits Europe. This summer we had a beautiful summer and everybody was happy, except for those who are now, now by it. Everybody is now mad because oil prices are high, because the Rhine River was had so little water that uh, it, the ships couldn't carry as much oil for heating up the river and so oil prices uh, are higher. And that's what the big problem was, of course. Uh, but the wine is going to be great this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. I did not know that. What? I did not know that that, that, was, that was a factor in energy yeah, but, pricing. But, but it's, oh, okay. No, that's, actually, Don told me about that. Yeah. So. Okay. So my, my longer explanation about war was right now tens of thousands people from Africa are trying to get to Europe. And of course, all this is very Europe-centric. And they, partly they're succeeding, mostly not. And it's still it's, it's a fairly low number. I mean, how many immigrants are there to Europe every year? Maybe in the tens of thousands that are coming so-called illegally. I don't know what that... I mean, it's not the term I would use. But, uh, they... Because Europe is fenced off. Well, yeah, that's what the U.S. is trying to do to keep everybody else out. Europe does that even better. They fenced off. They have deals with uh, Turkey. So Turkey keeps everybody uh, in their country before they go to Europe. At one point in the future... I mean, and you, you, I also have to add to this that there are not that... I mean, the land border yeah. yes. between... Yes, of course. I think if you're looking at the land border between tech, there's more land border yeah. between Texas and Mexico, yeah. which is just one yeah. part. Of course, we have. We then have there the, are the land borders. We have the, the US. Mediterranean Sea, which yeah. is fairly simple to guard and to, to fight off anybody who wants to enter that way. And uh, the, the it, main. It, it's not so much simple as to guard as it is very hard to cross. All right. And the, the main land border is uh, to Turkey and. They, they, they need Erdogan to keep that border shut. And that's what he's doing. Now, at one point in the future, what happens when there's not tens of thousands, but millions of migrants migrating north because nature doesn't allow it anymore, not just because the economy is crappy. And they see that beautiful uh, continent of Europe where everything's better, whether or not that's true. And they figure out a way to come to Europe by the millions, looking for a better life, which is <laughs> perfectly reasonable. And then several things might happen. I mean, first of all, nationalism and uh, anti-immigrant uh, sentiments will rise astronomically. And also, the social security systems, all the, the, the 
fragile economy that we have will not be able to deal with that. How can... Yeah. That's one possibility. And maybe that way everything collapses. Now, we could talk about what can we do against that. And what Europe is doing right now is shutting off the border, enforcing... Uh, what's the name of that? The, the border... Quantec? I don't know. So they have a whole um, organization to quote-unquote, so to, to uh, quote, uh, uh, guard that border. Um, Angela Merkel does exactly that. That's that's what she, why she still talks to Erdogan. That's why she talks to uh, the Egypt dictator, whoever. I don't know his name. Um, and she actually praised the Egyptian uh, president recently because he does so much, pretty much, against people coming to Europe. So that's what's happening right now. What happens when that doesn't work anymore? So that is one of the scenarios. So that's my pick. So that's what that's. What I was going to go. About, I was going to yeah. go much more local to say, uh, you know, Mexico City ran out of water. They did this yeah, year. There, there was there was a water shutoff in Mexico City. Now they staggered it. From different parts, so not all the whole city was without water at any one time. But there were, but because they were running so low and they could not pump enough out of the ground, uh, they cut off certain parts of the city in sort of like a rolling blackout kind of thing. Yeah. For, well, and they, I mean, they, I had, they've I done had, that in the past, but mostly to do maintenance. This, right, but this was the most extreme example of that. I mean, that I was aware of. And I was only yeah. aware of because yeah. my Airbnb renter in my apartment in Mexico was like, hey, uh, I'm gonna be, we're going to be without water. And, and even the entire system is built around encouraging people to be individually responsible with water. That a new apartment building, every apartment will have its own water system. Yeah. And that's, that, yeah. And, and that's partially well, so that when one person, you know, you have a leaky toilet... It doesn't destroy it for the whole building. We only have two cisterns for the entire building in our building. And there are days when it runs out in the middle of the day. Oh, you mean one cistern per apartment? Yeah, that's the, oh, that's the okay, new okay, standard. Okay. That's new, for, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's been the standard for a while. Yeah. Your apartment building was probably like that. No. No? No, no, no. It, I mean, you didn't go up to the roof? No, never, but I'm pretty sure there's only one. But... Okay, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just know that when the water runs out, it runs out. And it wasn't all our fault. So. Yeah. And so the, the system is designed to be... It, it's designed for a very odd kind of use case that that prepares for that. Because they know they're, they're much more cognizant of the fact. That's the thing. Nobody in... The big water crisis in the U.S. is Flint because they didn't add a chemical to the water to prevent lead leaching out of the pipes because mm -hmm. they didn't know how to, they were switching water systems and they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. It was a very, it was a preventable error. When was the last time you heard of somebody's water running dry in Germany for something other than a water main break? Um... Never. Right. 
So that's not a part of the experience here. Now, I think it's very unlikely in Germany. It's the, I mean, especially the, the yeah. land of lakes. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. very well situated. But no, I mean, that's, that's water. It's, how are we going to close this on an, on, an, on an up note? Well, I'm going to go back to work now and yeah. do that for the last time this year. So that's positive, I guess. But I still have to... Uh, So I, I hope that in a few months we can talk about work stuff again. Oh, that I can because we can't be talk more about positive. It now. No, I can't talk about it now. That um, really bugs you. Oh yes, it does because it's also preventable and it's it, yeah. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> um, so you are going to Leipzig this week? This yes, week? yes. I'm going. I'm going to. Uh, sorry about that. I'm going to Hanover. Right now, yes. Then from Hanover, I think to to oh crap, delays. Well, yeah, but that's just six minutes. Oh, okay, that's not a big deal. It's no. not going to get worse. No, no. Okay. Well, not a lot. No, not in half an hour. Right. Although sometimes when I when I cycle from my office back to the main uh, station here at the airport, yeah. it takes me about 20 minutes to cycle and. It's happened twice before that after those 20 minutes, the delay was 20 minutes more. Oh, wow. Exactly, 20 minutes. So how do we... So we see each we, other we, we, back we again. To, we have to end Leipzig. on a... Oh, we, we, you wanted okay, to tell about the secret. You know, oh, there's a secret. oh, right. We have, we, thank you yeah. for reminding me about yeah. that. I, I totally forgot. Um, it, just one more thing about the diva. I have to talk to you in Leipzig about that. Why? Because I have want to. I have to learn from you. We've mentioned already last week. I played a concert first time in right, a while, yeah. and, I, and I MC because nobody else does it. I MC uh, the event, and I have to get better at that. Um, to to talk to the audience, and you know how to do that, so you can teach me. All right, I'll, I'll see what I can do. So what are we going to do? The uh, What do you think... Uh, hmm. See, I, I'm of two minds of this. I, I, I'm intentionally not wearing a suit this Congress. Because I, I don't... I kind of... I, you know, I want to go in my own personal incognito mode. <laughs> um... I don't know. What do you think would be a good a good thing to encourage people to do for me to wear a suit on the last day? If that's a thing peep, that motivates people, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't motivate people anymore. For all I know, what, what do you think would be a good? All right, here here it is. If we at this Congress send out, if we have teed up to send out more than one thousand three hundred and thirty seven postcards. And that's that's external. That's that's going out through the postal through global postal services to the rest of the world. 1337 postcards. I'll wear a suit by on the what last time? day. Well, by the by, by by when they tell us to start tearing everything down. Okay. So probably by security nightmares, I'm guessing, because that's when they started tearing down last year. Um All right, that, that's one. I'll wear. A, I'll, wait, no, because they can't do that. Because then, when would I wear a suit? They have to do it by. Okay. 
by by the by midnight on day three. Yes. If we have more than one thousand three hundred thirty-seven postcards going out in the regular post, and that's the thing with postcards, you can send like I can send a postcard to you, and then somebody will try to find you. Somebody send a postcard to yep. you. Try to, like that's that I think is is something we should be encouraging too. But more than one thousand three hundred thirty-seven postcards in the regular post out to the rest of the world. I'll wear a suit on day four. All right. Otherwise, I'm straight. Otherwise, I'm straight Carhartts. Boots, straight trucker attire. You look good. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, the, these shoes are weird, but that's. I'm bringing my safety shoes. My yeah, steel I have cap no, shoes. Yeah, I'm no, bringing those I, to the do, Congress. I, I have, I have those. Yeah. You should. That's that's pretty. That's pretty essential wear that we should have. Yeah. Okay. So aside from that, what's you know, you want to end on that? Yeah, I, I want to end on. So where where am I gonna find you? Oh, I, I will am, be, I'll be there. At, I will be the at the Chaos Post, the C three PO. Okay, it's, is there it's a place to, for me? Yeah, of course. Okay, then I yeah. want to have my place there. Yeah. And don't, set up but my don't forget up. to reserve a spot in the Zitizentrum for our for our podcast. I have extra- to do that. Yeah, for yes, our podcast I'm extravaganza. Late on that. Yeah. I'm late on that. Okay, so we meet in the post office. Uh, I'll be there at day zero. Um, you should you should join the post office channel on Rocket Chat. Okay, yeah, we can do that. We'll do that. We're, we're in Chaos West. I think that's Hall Three. I have no idea. I've never been there. But okay. we'll see each other there. If anybody wants to talk to us, talk and bring a beer. Now, are you going to edit this before? Yes, of course. Okay, so this is our yeah. special C3 Depressing yes. How the World Ends yes. preview. Okay, yeah. good. All right. Okay. So that means i got to do the show notes on the way to Hanover. And we appreciate you coming, listening to this. Yes, we do. We yeah. appreciate the F out of it. Thanks so, thanks so much <laughs> for coming out, guys.